Hey, I'm Dr. T, and this is That's Totally Normal, a podcast dedicated to explaining what's happening to your body during puberty. On this episode, gender identity. We're going to start with some questions. First, what is gender? And what's the difference between gender and sex? Sex is like something assigned. It's in most cases, in the majority of cases, it's based on genitalia. And are you genetically male or female? But gender is like the personal, into the personal aspect of one's gender. And it's completely different where sex is a very biological thing. Gender is a completely 100% emotional thing. No, this is pretty spot on. I think gender is how you feel about yourself. And sex is just, okay, this is what you are. Like, kind of like putting it out there. And gender is more like, more like how you feel about yourself personally. Historically, the two terms have been used interchangeably. But as we are beginning to understand the complexity of gender, it's become increasingly significant to distinguish the two. And this is why. From a medical perspective, a person's assigned sex at birth is either male or female. And we place people in one of these two categories based on external genitalia. Males are defined by a penis and testicles, and females are defined by a vagina. We'll come back to this in a minute, but there are actually many genetic conditions for which this categorization system is flawed. However, for definition purposes, biology sees sex as male or female based on reproductive system. Gender, on the other hand, is more defined by the societal expectations and norms that go along with a traditional male or female identity. Think about it like this. A baby is born and their sex is defined by their genitals. Along with a defined sex also comes a societal gender. By these definitions, it's possible to be assigned a sex at birth, but to have a gender identity that differs from the expectations that go along with a penis or a vagina. Honestly, this could easily turn into a very philosophical discussion. But in a nutshell, we in the medical community are starting to understand that our ways of categorizing people in such a basic way may not be as accurate and straightforward as we once thought. Which brings me to my next concept, gender identity, and to our listener question for this episode. On the outside, I look like a girl, but I don't always feel like a girl. What does that mean? So for some people, the concept of gender identity may seem a little odd. They probably feel right at home in the sex that was assigned at birth, and they're very comfortable with the way society sees them. It may be difficult for these people to grasp exactly what it feels like to not feel comfortable in an assigned gender. However, it's important to respect the difficulty that others may have in fitting into a specific gender and support them in their journey to finding comfort in their own body and gender. And on that note, Let's dive in. On a very basic biological level, humans have 46 chromosomes that make up our DNA. Two of these chromosomes are called sex chromosomes, and they're called that because these chromosomes determine what type of external genitalia, as well as a few other characteristics, a person will have. Let's give a quick shout out to Nettie Stevens, who, back in the early 1900s, discovered that there are two sex chromosomes. Based on these chromosomes, a person with two X chromosomes will develop a vagina, and a person with one X and one Y will develop a penis and testicles. Somewhere along the course of history, it was established that having two X chromosomes makes someone a female, and having one X and one Y chromosome makes someone a male. But from a purely biological standpoint, chromosomes aren't always perfect. Someone can have one X chromosome, or three, 
two X's and one Y, one X and two Y's, two X chromosomes but have male genitalia, one X and one Y chromosome but have female genitalia, or have genitalia that doesn't match chromosomes at all. Here's my point. Based on all of these conditions, do you think it's still appropriate to say that females are defined by two X chromosomes and males are defined by one X and one Y chromosome? It's ultimately your choice if you still believe this to be accurate or not. But in the medical world, we already see things get a little fuzzy with that very strict definition. Now let's get a little more thoughtful. Listen to these pairs of words, boy and girl, male and female, man and woman, masculine and feminine. Talk about driving the point home. Society reinforces the concept of two genders. And while every culture has a different interpretation of masculinity and femininity, gender is still most often split along an anatomical divide. This type of categorization is called binary because it assumes that one individual fits into one box or another, and that's it. But I'd like us to stop for a minute and reflect on this a little bit more. What do you think of when you hear the word masculine or feminine? I personally don't like using the terms you have feminine characteristics, you have masculine characteristics, because classifying them as that, I feel like, brings it back to the whole root is if you are genetically male, you have male characteristics, you are classified as this. Our gut reactions may be to think of these definitions that our society has put in place for us. It's no one's fault, but is instead the outcome of a very, very long journey that we've traveled to arrive at our current reality. And here we sit, men, do masculine things, act in a manly manner, and dress in male clothes. Women do feminine things, act in a womanly manner, and dress in female clothes. I suspect that right now you're probably ready to challenge those sentences. Who says men can't do female things, and vice versa? Like, I still identify as a girl, but I definitely feel like um, the clothes I wear can like kind of be misinterpreted because I, I don't wear skirts or like very girly stuff like I'll literally wear a black t-shirt gray sweatpants and be like okay I look fine <laughs> so I feel like but I don't know anyone like that really like dresses more in like a specific like opposite gender way but as for someone who acts in like kind of more different characteristics well that's my point our traditional binary gender system isn't as perfect as it might seem. Women can dress masculine, men can do feminine things, and still fit their assigned gender at birth. But what if someone is assigned a gender at birth, but feels most comfortable doing things that are typical of the opposite gender? That can be confusing, especially in a society that still emphasizes gender roles and stereotypes. In these situations, that individual might feel most comfortable and at peace in their own body, by identifying as the opposite gender. And from a medical perspective, that's totally fine. One of my friends, he's a transgender uh, male, and I know um, he personally really struggled a lot with it, and I know I wasn't really there for a lot of that struggle because it happened over the summer. Um, but, like, one of the biggest things was he has relatively, like, very controlling parents who were like, this is what's right, this is what isn't. And telling them this is how he feels was very difficult. And I know he went through this whole thing of he had to, like, brush off his past self. That's not me anymore. And uh, he changed his name. And 
I remember once him describing it as this is me blank is dead to me and describing as if he's an entirely different person, which is true. Um, and I do feel like communities should try to have more support for people going through changes like this, because it's a really difficult emotional thing to go through when you are classified and defined as one thing your entire life. And there's something emotionally in you telling you, no, I'm not like this. And going through that process is really difficult. And I, I know my perception of it's probably not even close to the actual trauma that goes along with that. What if someone doesn't feel female or male, or they feel both female and male? In these situations, that individual may choose to be identified as gender non-binary, and that's okay too. The whole concept of gender identity is really up to the individual. I mean, really. What if you told me that your arm hurt, and I said, no, it doesn't? Does that make any sense? Can I really tell you how you feel? No, that would be infuriating. So if you feel like a female, regardless of your genitals, and want to be identified as a female, that's totally fine. If you feel like a male and want to be identified as a male, that's totally fine too. Or you can be non-binary. Now, sometimes an individual will identify as a gender that does not match the sex assigned on their birth certificate. But having genitals of a gender that they do not identify with can cause some distress. In these cases, that individual can talk with their doctor about medical ways to help their outsides match more of what they're feeling on the inside. We won't go into detail here, but just know that if you're feeling uncomfortable with the gender that you were assigned at birth and would like to make some changes, you have options. Lastly, and this might be obvious, but this can be a controversial topic, meaning that lots of people have lots of different opinions about the idea of gender identity. There's a lot of history behind our binary gender system, and it's okay if it takes some people a little longer to understand the new ways that the world is exploring gender and gender identity. In the medical community, we know these truths. First, chromosomes do not always match the gender genitalia we are born with, so neither chromosomes nor genitalia are the best way to determine gender every single time. Second, people can also feel distress if their external appearance and the way society treats them does not match the way they feel on the inside. So being able to control your own gender identity can be a tremendous benefit when it comes to mental health. And finally, the fact remains that gender identity is a personal feeling, and no one else has power over that. Before we go, I want to thank you all for listening to That's Totally Normal. If you ever have any questions for me, submit them via my website, on Seeker's social media, or write to us at that's totally normal at seeker.com. Remember, everything is completely anonymous, which means we won't use your name on the show. However, if you are really concerned about something going on, or you think you need medical attention, please talk to a doctor, parent, or an adult that you feel safe talking to. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate it. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank Noah and Bogey for their thoughts on today's topic. Noah and Bogey are ambassadors for Amaze. Amaze takes the awkward out of sex ed. Real info in fun, animated videos that give you all the answers you actually want to know about sex, your body, and relationships. 
Visit amaze.org for videos on puberty, sexual orientation, gender identity, healthy relationships, and more. That's Totally Normal is a podcast created by Seeker and Trax. The show is hosted and written by me, Dr. Tessa Commerce. Emily Feld is our producer. Caroline Roth, Brian Simagala, and Matt Morales are our Seeger producers. Our editor and sound designer is John Ross. Our executive producers are Brett Kushner and Brian Pendergast. Thanks for listening. Support for Tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.